Welcome back, everyone, to the Artificially Unintelligent Podcast. Today, I'm joined again by the fast-talking researcher extraordinaire, William. How is it yeah, going? You should, hear me, you should hear me talking when I... <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Uh, no, I'm fine. All good here. Um, it's Friday, so cannot complain. Yeah. How about you? I'm good. Getting the evaluations back from my thesis. So probably I won't have much of a weekend. Yeah, and then afterwards it's a celebration. Soon Christmas anyway, so you know, you have to start going out for the, what they call mule wine in English, but I just know it as Glühwein. Yeah, Glühwein. Glühwein. Yeah, I will be in Vienna next weekend. Oh, cool. To do, like, go to the city with a few friends of mine. And, nice. like, try to set my OS back to zero, if you know what I mean. I, th I think uh, Vienna is one of the better Christmas markets, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. It's yeah. really crazy, That's but quite it's cool. also really expensive. So for, so for anyone who is not from Europe, you know, like the Europeans, at least the Central Europeans, are very crazy about their Christmas Christmas markets. And the, the one in Vienna and Zurich is also quite nice, I must say. Yeah. So we got a bunch of listeners from, I think, especially like Colorado. Um Maybe there's a VPN service to Colorado. <laughs> Maybe there's yeah, server, yeah. Um, but so basically, mild wine, is red wine with a bunch of spices. So even for the people who hate red wine, it, it's really nice. So I love it, for example, and it's hot. And I think like a few states in the US also have a version of that. But Europe is really known for it, and especially in Central Europe. So the countries around the Alps all have like basically a similar version of Glühwein and especially like the German speaking countries like Austria, Switzerland and Germany and especially Bavaria and Germany have like big Christmas markets in most of the cities. And I think like a few to highlight are like, as you already said, Zurich, if you, if you have like a big purse, if you like can afford it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, otherwise Vienna is really nice. Uh, Regensburg, Augsburg is also quite nice. Zurich, course and a bunch of others like Würzburg. definitely so you know if if you're ever around in central europe at this time there's a lot to see but i usually think of mulled wine as like warm sangria with a with a bit of cinnamon in there that <laughs> i mean yeah. uh, pe people probably have their own mix but yeah so let's move on in a nutshell <laughs> Let's move on. Today it's about something else. Well, basically, basically, when you drink something like that, it feels like a warm hug on your face. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. <laughs> so today, <laughs> subtle hint. So today we are going to talk about hugging face, and especially like one library which I think is really underexplored and underutilized, which is the TRL library, and it's it's called Transformer Reinforcement Learning. And I think that's why most people don't really use it because it got the reinforcement learning in there, but you can also use it for the regular instruction tuning. So for the supervised fine tuning of um, large language models and the class they build for it is really easy to use, especially you can use all the different libraries of hugging face in tandem with this trainer library. So it's quite easy to quantize the model, to use a parameter efficient fine tuning and all the rest of high face with it. 
if this is a bunch of nonsense to you, we will dive into all of these components. Maybe maybe it's good to start off with what Hugging Face actually is for people who yeah. might not have come across it because it's a very... I would it's it's not a new but it's a relatively new service as as many things in AI. In the end hugging face it's like a giant repository of models and datasets for training these models and it's especially known for large language models or foundation models because there are so many different versions of the different large language models on hugging face and they basically build classes which make it really easy to use and deploy any of the models which are open sourced on Hugging Face and also use the data sets that are published on there to train these models further. So what many programmers usually like is, you know, reducing the amount of codes that you need in order to run your script and Hugging Face is a master at this because they basically with the, I don't know, a handful line of codes, you can pull um, a model that you want to use, it's already pre-trained and you just launch it together with a data set that you also pull from their, like their server. And this is, I mean, these, these are things that I just love when I, when I can spin up an example in less than like, let's say 10 lines of code. So they are really helping people like me out at least. Yeah. And especially they are building is on top of the different frameworks, so on PyTorch, on TensorFlow. So it's quite easy to use with these frameworks as well. So it's very well integrated. And they take a really big open source approach, so anything of the code is open sourced. So it's easy to adapt it, but also since so many people are already contributing to it, most of the newer papers of the more interesting ones and the tangible improvements in LLMs are getting implemented so fast. And it's just basically like one line of code most of the time to then use them after they are implemented. And it's really good for research publications as well, because you can, I mean, together with your GitHub repository, you can of, of course show all of your open source code so that people can easily understand like, okay, what, how is the data pre-processing working, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but here you can also just upload the models and the data sets that you've been using so that people can see that they are actually valid. Yeah. And maybe let's move into the, the trainer class. So basically, transformer reinforcement learning implemented a bunch of trainer classes. And the trainer classes are basically the same as in, in PyTorch and PyTorch Lightning, like we touched upon last week, where you basically define a trainer in which you feed the model you want to train, a bunch of training arguments, um, but also the data sets. And then you only call trainer.train and it automatically does the training for you. And this is available for a bunch of different algorithms. So the first one is basically supervised fine tuning. So basically it's called an SFT trainer. Um, and into this SFT trainer, basically your input would be uh, your model. Um, so basically you load a model from Hugging Face, most of the time a large language model, like for example, the Llama 2, and you feed it in uh, with your training and your evaluation data set. And you also feed in a tokenizer. So a tokenizer mostly comes along with your model anyhow. So you also just download it from Hugging Face. 
and you fill all of that in and then it's just like literally seven lines of code to do a complete training run and it executes all of it automatically in the in the backend and the the beauty of it is it's really well integrated with the other libraries of hugging face so i use sft trainer for most of the training i did for my master thesis because it's integrated with all of the different fine-tuning methods in hugging face so for example the LoRa is quite well known, um, which stands for low rank adapters, which is basically reducing the computational burden of fine tuning an entire model by breaking the weight matrices down into two smaller matrices, which makes it a little bit more efficient. And you can just define this one in a config file, like how large should the rank be? Do you want to have dropouts, which modules within the um, within your neural network you want to train and then you just feed the config into your trainer class and it automatically does the training for you for the LoRa instead of regular fine-tune. Okay, so yeah, so um, how do you, for example, when you need to fine-tune something like this using or, or train your model what is is there is there something you can say about the speed up process or how how long how much time it takes or something like this? What what is your experience with this? I saw first of all it depends on the model size you're choosing. So seven billion, fourteen billion, or thirty or seventy billion, it's quite different. Um, and also how much space you have on your GPU for the training data. So how large your batch size can be. Um, especially LoRa is quite fast, especially if you quantize the model as well. And you have a bunch of extra arguments I wouldn't go deep into, which is something like gradient accumulation, which also makes the training a little bit more memory efficient, which allows you to use a larger batch size. But for me, like for like three epochs training on a LoRa, it took around one or two hours and on a really large data set. So it's quite fast. Mm, yes. Yeah, and I suppose that together hugging Face's kind of effort to reduce the amount of code in order to launch these sort of trainers and the data sets and all of this, it's just a, it's just a nice piece in the puzzle to reduce the amount of code in total that you need for, I don't know, running your sort of applications or training rounds. Yeah. And especially in the TRL class, you have a bunch of classes or trainers for reinforcement learning as well. So especially for the reinforcement learning by human feedback. And I think this especially enables people to do reinforcement learning by human feedback without really understanding the fundamentals of reinforcement learning behind it. Because reinforcement learning is like, an extra subfield of machine learning most people don't really know about because it's so different to like regular machine learning that it would take you quite a while to get into the field. And they basically abstract all the complexity away of defining the, the training runs, the training loops and stuff like that. And it basically comes down to the gathering data because coding it up isn't difficult anymore with the trained classes. But do you think when it comes to reinforcement learning that it is, um, 
since they simplify the launching these sort of codes of lines or lines of code, um, do you think one might miss out on certain or, or do they work on the reinforcement learning kind of optimization and the state of the art models in the back of it? Because of course, I mean, yeah, reinforcement learning with human feedback is is a nice term, but there's more, there's more to it. And do you think that they basically run some sort of basic version of it or how, how does that play? No, they basically run the same version that OpenAI has run for, for their breakthrough models. So they are, they have one class, which is for PPO. So proximal policy optimization, which is the algorithm, which is used for most reinforcement learning by human feedback and they they optimized like the shit out of it um but they also at the same time bring out some new algorithms like for example dpo which is i think direct preference optimization which is still to be seen whether it's an improvement to ppo but it's a new algorithm which focuses on a bunch of other stuff so it, for example in regular PPO, you have reward modeling. So you first create a reward model of the human preferences. So in your feedback data, for example, you have um, assume you generated a bunch of summaries for articles and your human feedback would be like a thumbs up or a th thumbs down for the feedback. And then you create a reward model, which basically takes in, which is trained on like the pairs of summary as an input and thumbs up and or thumbs down as an output and based on that you train something like a classifier which is a reward model which then can say for new text whether it's good or not and this reward model is used to fine-tune or do a reinforcement learning with a ppo on the with the trainer class and dpo is a model which bypasses the reward modeling step for example and directly optimizes the language model on the preference data. Okay, yeah, and what, so, so this is mainly tailored towards natural language processing, of course, as we talk about um, reinforcement learning with human feedback, but what can you say about other sort of modalities? Because, of course, text-based input is very interesting and we have seen so many advances in the realm of NLP, but what about the images, audio? Is there any use cases that you have come across when you can use TRL from Hugging Face here? Honestly, no. I, simple I have, as that. <laughs> yeah, I've I've never seen actually RLHF at large on image data, and I'm not sure whether it's it has been done before. Um, because in, in image data, I think it's not typically associated with the same type of output. So in, in text data with every token, you have an associated probability of the generation. And this basically is very well suited for reinforcement learning because in reinforcement learning, you typically work on a policy and a policy is basically a probability distribution over the set of possible actions you can take. And uh, which is basically the same as the model output for large language models, 
because you just can interpret each possible token as a possible action and then you have the same stuff and i i'm not sure but i think the output of image generation models is different which it, it probably is and i'm not sure how it will play into images like the thing is you know hugging face is a massive library and they have a as you said, probably people don't really know about this transformer reinforcement learning because it, yeah, maybe it speaks to a smaller crowd, but um, at the same time, it is used for these sort of large language models. I'm just wondering if it can be used for any other modality in a sense that would be interesting to know how that could, how it could play a part in this. Yeah, but... It's, it would be interesting to know actually whether they are doing something in that direction. Because I think it's for, for image models, most, the bigger ones I think are more in the direction of diffusion models, like stable diffusion. And I think the output isn't that suited for reinforcement learning. I think you would have to figure out something else in its entirety. I mean, diffusion models is only one subcategory of computer vision models themselves. You also have, when you want to recognize something, let's say in the domain of automotive, um, you know, when you're autonomous driving or something like that, you need different sort of models. And I'm not sure how reinforcement could play a part in this because it's very difficult to give any sort of feedback in real time, I suppose, when it comes to, let's say, object detection or trajectory finding or something like that for the, for the vehicle itself and getting this labeled um, input, what, what we normally get from human feedback in reinforcement learning, that's not available on these real world edge cases. At least it's very difficult to provide these in real time. So I maybe it's mainly tailored towards natural language processing at this point of time. Yeah, I think so as well. So I know that diffusion models, I think, can be interpreted as a probability distributions as well because of the denoising process. But the question is whether the loss is suited for it as well, uh, which I'm not sure about. So if anyone knows something about that, please let us know in like the comments or in the feedback section or just contact us directly on LinkedIn or Twitter. And, or sorry, X. Um, but this would be something really to do a future episode on to really look into this. Could be cool. And what do you think in general, what are your high level views of hugging face? How have they positioned themselves as a, you know, I would call it a tool, but it's of course also a company, but what, what do you think about their services? So I think hugging face for me is the de facto standard to go to, to build most of my stuff. So when I'm going to do something with large language models, but also I have a bunch of stuff running at the moment, which is using Whisper for transcription, I'm using the Hugging Face library and not the OpenAI library for Whisper because Hugging Face already has implemented all the different optimizations for it to speed up inference, to speed up training, to do the retraining, which makes it much easier to work with. As a, like, as a company, I think Hugging Face is at the moment struggling a little bit to monetize because most of the stuff is free. 
And I'm a premium member, but I think most people are not. And you don't really have to if you don't want to. Um, I would say that everyone who really uses it heavily, as I do, I think you just should get the pro tier just to like support the development and stuff like that. Um, but they are trying to move more into like offering like the GPUs for training or for your inference that you deployed automatically through their services. And this could be a way of monetizing it, but I think it might be really difficult to monetize over that because it's not that ha much harder to deploy it on, on AWS directly. It will be interesting to see how they, yeah, develop their sort of business model here. But of course, it's an amazing service and which it's, it's much like this in the open source community that you have specific labs that are really good at what they're doing. And of course, I'm very thankful for them releasing this sort of open source code. So, um, yeah, let's, let's see how it develops, but I think let's put a pin in this here. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. So everyone, this was a hugging face and it's CRL, the the transformer reinforcement learning, which can be used for many things. Uh, if you if you know more use cases, please let us know as we only could maybe talk about the natural language processing. But yeah, looking forward to the next episode. Yeah. See you soon. And if you need any like codes or parameters to optimize to enable training on like single GPUs and stuff like that, just shoot me a message um, because I optimized like every nook and cranny of the entire library to do my training. Yeah, see you soon.